0: This is Nova Church, Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Matthew chapter 4. Let's start uh, reading. We're going to start reading in verse 18. Verse 18. My eyes are working today. I turned 44 this week. coming. If you didn't clap, it's because you're young. You don't have a big deal it is to make it to 44. Some of you are like, that's a huge deal. All right, all right. Verse 2018. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. Look at your neighbor and say, follow me. Look at the other neighbor and said, follow me. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee. Uh, how many are thankful? <laughs> I bet he's thankful he didn't get named after his father, right there. You know? Uh, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee. This one, it's like, the author's like, I want to see how many times I can mention Zebedee right here. In the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, he called them, and immediately, these two other brothers, these two other men, they left the boat, and, uh, and their father, and followed him. Today, for the next few minutes, I just want to talk on this topic this morning. If you're writing notes, anybody still take notes in church? I encourage you, write it down on a Sunday because you might need it on a Wednesday. I don't remember what I said on Sunday by Wednesday, but I'm writing it down. I'll tell you, listen, we believe what happens today will set you up for your week. God wants to speak to you. And how many times you hear something on Sunday in a worship song, in a message, and Wednesday, something comes into your life, something happens in your life. You're like, man, I need to be reminded of what God said to me on the weekend. If you're taking notes, write this down, this title, Follow Me, Follow Me. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you again uh, for everyone that showed up today. Father, I thank you that you're here today, Lord. God, I thank you that this is more than just an event. This is not uh, a club. This is not uh, just a social gathering of good people. But, Father, we believe we are the church. The church is alive and well. And, God, you lead us today. And we're asking, Holy Spirit, you would do what only you can do, is speak life into situations that need it. I pray for people that feel distant and far from you, that you would be close to them. God, those that need a miracle today, that you would do that. And God, I pray when we leave here today, we'd be more in love with you, more like you, and more passionate about your plan for our life. God, thank you for what you're doing in this church. Thank you for our team. Thank you, God, that you are good to us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. Amen. Anybody have an older sibling in this place? You grew up with an older sibling? Anyone? Show of hands. All right, anybody have a younger sibling? I have one of each. I have an older sister five years older than me, and I have a brother that's 18 months younger than me. Uh, I'm a middle child, which explains a lot to a lot of you right there. Like, I knew there was something about this guy. We're my middle child people. You're my people. You always feel like the older one and the younger one are against you. I have this older sister, uh, uh, Sean Lee. She's a part of our dream team. She's here today. Uh, that young, um, uh, beautiful lady in the back, next to her is my sister. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <sighs> If you don't have an older sibling, you don't get that, and, uh, but uh, my sister is amazing. I've learned to appreciate my sister over time, but when I was younger, I didn't always appreciate having an older sister. When I got older, I learned to appreciate it because she helped me learn how to deal and how to treat uh, women right. Because I remember being like 14, 13 with my sister. She'd be driving, and all of a sudden, she'd be crying for some reason. I'm like, some guy said something or didn't say something or did something or was rude. I remember writing down in my mental notes, don't do this. It makes girls cry. When I was at that age, I'm like, I need help. And she'd walk in and go, don't wear that. Do not do not fix your hair. Stop wearing gym pants everywhere. Like, put on some cologne. You haven't showered in three And she helped me help me, uh, Nancy owes my sister a lot because she helped refine me. I wore gym pants right up until grade 12. I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, and, and fuzzy sweaters. That's what I did. And I just, I had issues. I had more issues than Time Magazine. But my sister, in her grace and her goodness, helped me. And, and whenever she had boyfriends and she'd steal their sweaters, then I'd steal their sweaters from her. And I just wore all these sweaters. And she helped me in my teenage years. When I was younger, uh, I didn't appreciate my sister because she was bossy. And uh, older sister, I remember my mom babysat a lot of kids. And we always joke about this, but it's not a joke. I think she had like 11 or 12 kids she babies That That's before there was rules and regular relega- relega- Rules. And uh, <laughs> by 11 o'clock, that'll work. But right now, it's not working. Protocol. <laughs> and uh, I had a speech impediment as a kid, and I learned how to say other words quickly. And... But I remember when my, 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 my mom was babysitting kids, she had all these kids and we, after school, all these after school kids and younger kids. And I remember my mom would be like to my sister, can you go do something with these kids? And she'd be like 13, 14. And she'd be like, can you entertain these kids? And my sister had this go-to game called Mother May I. Don't know if you've ever heard of this game. I don't know if we made it up. If it's a new game, I don't even know. But it's the exact same as Simon Says. Do you know this game? So in our house we had this fireplace with a mantle and she would line up all the kids and there was like a thousand kids. It was like a gaggle of kids, a herd of kids and all the kids that could walk or crawl all the way up and it was like the Von Trapp family, you know, all lined up, wearing curtains. It was amazing and she'd line us up and then she'd be on this power trip. And this game, if you don't know, Simon says, Her mother, may I, is she'd line you up and the goal was to get from where you were in the back of the room to the front of the room to touch the mantle, the fireplace. If you did, then you could be the mother. You could be the father. You could be Simon. You could be in church. No one ever won the game. My sister made sure no one ever won the game because she wanted to be in church. And being a middle kid, I was focused on getting up there and dethroning her and being the leader. And we'd all line up. And what she'd do is she'd call your name and she'd say, Joanna, take one mini step forward. And Joanna would take, and she'd go, mother, may I? And my sister would go, yes, you may. And then you take that one step forward. The game was she would tell you to do something and then you'd have to ask permission and go, mother, may I? And then she'd go, it was like a test. She'd go, yes, you may. And then she always made me do the pirouettes, make me dance. Mike, take two small pirouettes towards the fireplace. And mother, I had a speech impediment, mother, may I? And yes, you may. And I'd spin twice and get a little closer and then one giant step for the little kids. And this whole game was trying to get to the front. I realized in that game, I always disqualified myself. I always lost the game because she would say, Mike, you could take two giant steps. and I'd be so excited, I'd start taking steps and she'd go, you didn't say mother, may I? I had to go back to the start and I never won the game. I realized following is hard. If you've realized this yet, we don't like to follow. I find in life that sometimes following is the challenge. It's amazing, we have so many things on leadership, don't we? If you still have Twitter, if you're the five people in the room like me that still have Twitter, everything on Twitter is leadership, thoughts and quotes and books. There's leadership podcasts, there's leadership conferences. There's more books on how to be a great leader, an amazing leader, a leader that leads people, not managers, but leaders. We have uh, cultures and conferences and books and podcasts and tweets and Facebook posts. Everything on leadership, but I realize there's not very much on how to follow. Have you realized that yet? Everybody wants to be a leader, but no one wants to be a follower. It's in our nature. It's it's something that none of us want to just follow and just listen to the man and and mother, may I. From government to to relationships to even church life, somewhere inside, we're like, no, no, I'm going to do it my way. I think my daughter's first sentence was, no, no, I do it like, hey, hey, Maddie, let me help you get those pants on. She's like, three. She goes, no, I do it. Let me help you get that cup. No, no, I, she's standing on a stool and her chubby little legs when she's three. And she's like, no, I do it. And it seems like we have a hard time following. As we come out of Easter and we're we're building the church and I realized we had so many guests at Easter and every week we have guests show up and we don't know if you, if you have a relationship with God or, if, or maybe you, this is your first time in church in a long time, you're in the right place today. We're so glad you are here. If you're wondering if this is the right place, this is the right place for you today. We're so glad you're here. But we, we make Christianity complicated, don't we? The more we're in this, people get around, and we have these conversations, and I have them, and and I talk this way, and other people, and we want to make it deeper and complicated. We want to talk about, well, it's evangelism versus discipleship, and there needs to be this balance between reaching people but growing people. We talk about justification and sanctification, and we talk about gifts of the Spirit and fruit of the Spirit, and we talk about all these things that are important— but we wanna make this more complicated than it is. To be honest, much like that game when I grew up, really the simple thing is this, Christianity is simply this, it's following Jesus. I I, I need to stop here and just camp here for a moment to let you know, it's not complicated. So many times we want to make it this bigger thing. At the simplicity, the most simple part of Christianity, our faith journey is do what Jesus tells us to do and follow Jesus. Not overcomplicate it, not make it more than it is. Simply follow Jesus. That's what it is, following Jesus. I've realized the simple things in life are usually the most challenging. Like doing a budget is simple on paper. Have you realized that yet? Don't spend more than you make. That's the essence of a budget right there. Pay the government, pay yourself, pay your bills. That's a budget. How many know the simple things are hard to do? Staying in shape, or in my case, getting in shape, on paper is simple, right? It's it's exercise, eat healthy, don't eat out. If it has a drive-through window, it's probably not good for you. And the simple things are, eat things that don't come in a can that come off trees and plants, and try to walk 30 minutes a day. It sounds simple. I am realizing the simple things are hard in life. I wanna encourage you today on this faith journey, whether you've yet to follow Jesus or you've been in this for decades, in the simplicity of it, it's this. Do what he says, and Jesus says, follow me. Today, I wanna challenge you for a few minutes and encourage you today. About this following Jesus. There's this tension in this word of following Jesus every day. See, I like the forgiving Jesus of yesterday. I like the promising forever Jesus. I don't like the following daily Jesus. See, I like the Jesus that deals with my past. The stuff I've thought, the things I've said, the things I've done, the people I've hurt. Am I the only one that has a messed up past? Am I the only one? Whether your drug was something you snorted or religion, it's the same thing. It it wired you and took you away from the simple fact that God loves you. We all have issues. We all have issues. We just call them by different names. And I had issues in my life. And I like the Jesus that forgave my past. I like that Jesus. I like to talk about that Jesus. I like to celebrate that Jesus. I like to preach about that Jesus. I also like the Jesus that handles my forever I like to know that if I die tonight or in 40, 50 years, that my forever is set, that Jesus is preparing and looking after me, that I don't need to know what happens. I don't need to wonder what happens after I die. The Bible is clear that to close your eyes and to finish this life is to open your eyes and to be face to face with Jesus, that you can know that your forever is looked after. I love that Jesus. I love that Jesus. The Bible says that we are travelers. This is not our home, that we are just traveling through this world and not to focus too much on it and do your best and, and, and what you do will echo in eternity, but there is more after we breathe. I like that Jesus. The problem I have a challenge with is the following daily Jesus. I like, the, I like my past Jesus. I like my future Jesus. The tension is the following daily Jesus. My friends, that's Christianity. Christianity. Jesus walks up to these brothers and he is starting, and these men, he's starting his ministry. He's building a transition team to plant the church, to grow the church. He's there and he's assembling leaders, a dream team, sort of. And as he starts calling them, he starts saying, hey, follow me. Hey, you, follow me. And it says immediately they left what they were doing and followed him. My friend, the tension is in the following. The tension is in the daily. In verse 19, I love this. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I wanna encourage you, there's good news today that God didn't come to make you busy, God didn't come to make you just do church. God, there's actually a promise there. He's gonna make you. It wasn't, I'm going to get you to do something. He says, I'm gonna make you. I want to let you know, God is making us into something today. We're not just attending church, just going through the motions. God's actually creating something in your life and my life. God is building something in my life. I look different than I did 10 years ago. My character is different. My passions are different. My tone is different. Why? Because God is working on me. He's working on you. He's building us. There's this promise there where Jesus says, hey, if you follow me, if you follow me, I'm going to make you into everything you were born to be. There's purpose on your life today. Did you know that? You have two feet in a heartbeat today. It's more than just to suck oxygen and grow up and retire and live for this life. There's purpose on your life. And Jesus says, when you follow him, he will make you into your purpose. Whatever your purpose is that he has for you, there's this promise that he'll make you. But here's the truth I've learned today in following Jesus, is that you can't separate his promises from his commands. See, I like the Jesus that forgives my past, and I like the Jesus that prepares my future, but the truth is the daily Jesus that promises me also says, hey, every promise has a command. The same Jesus that promised and said, "I'll add everything to your life. Don't worry about tomorrow. I'll add everything you need to your life." That's the promise. The commandment was, "Seek first the kingdom of God." Right. In my life, I like the promising Jesus. What, what are you going to do for me? I'm going to follow you today. I'm going to wake up today with my bed head and bad breath and take. The, what are you going to do? For, what's your promise today? I used to grow up, we used to have these promise boxes. Did you ever have these, these church people? These little boxes, little calling cards, the promise for today, right? Just the promise. What, God, what's your promise today? The promise says he's gonna add everything you need to your life. The Bible says don't worry about tomorrow, but every promise has a command. Seek first the kingdom of God. He has a promise. He says, I'll forgive your sins. I'll forgive everything that separates you from God. That's the promise. But the command is you gotta forgive others. I like the promise. I'm not a fan of the command, but you don't know what they did. I was right, and they hurt me in what they said. That was a situation that, to be honest, I think it left a scar on my emotions and my heart. It affected my family and my kids. I don't know. The Bible says, I love the promise. He's going to forgive me for my sins. But the command was, Mike, you got to forgive others. Every promise has a command. He promises, and he says, eternal life. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to help you. You're going to be with me. That's the promise. The command is you have to believe that he is Lord. That means that he is God, that he is boss, that he is the one that helps us and leads us. Jesus promises to make us in this. He calls these disciples, he goes, I promised to make you, but the command was you got to follow. Church, I want to encourage you this morning. God has plans for your life. Greatness on you. Purpose on you. There's a promise to never leave you nor forsake you, a promise to forgive your sins and look after your future. But the command in the middle of all this is you got to follow me daily. That's this, that's all this is. And that's where the tension I live in, and that's the hard part for me. That's the hard part. The love, the acceptance, the forgiveness of God is free, but following Him will cost you everything. I remember hearing this statement as a young man saying, Listen, Everything salvation and heaven and forgiveness is free, but following Jesus will cost you everything. I didn't know what that meant at 16. I think that doesn't even make sense. It sounds like it's opposite day. That sounds like it's, it's two completely polar opposite. It's free, but it costs everything. As I read this text and as I, about to turn 44, I'm understanding this verse more and more. These brothers were fishing and Jesus said, follow me. If you know your scripture and history, these, these boys, these teenagers, many of them, every teenage boy dreamed of being a part of a rabbi's team, of learning and being a part of this school, of learning of religion and the scripture, but they had been passed over by all the other teachers. And now they went back to their father's business. They had dreams of their own business, of being a part of church and building, and, be, and then no teacher wanted them, so they said, I guess we'll go do dad's business, and they started fishing. Jesus walked up and he said, hey. They knew he was a teacher. They'd seen him teaching in the temple and they go, this guy's amazing. He's like, hey, I want you to follow me. They're like, what? We missed the draft. The draft was three years ago. The draft when we were 13, 12, 13. We're too old for the draft. We're overage. You can't, what do you mean, us? He's like, yeah, I want you to follow me. They got excited in this moment and it was free. It cost them nothing to say, yeah, I want to follow you. They couldn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. They weren't smart enough, talented enough, or rich enough. It was free. But listen, over their lifetime, following Jesus cost them everything. These scriptures are the stories of these men following Jesus for the rest of their lives and it cost them everything to follow Jesus. See, Jesus paid everything for your eternity, but not a dime for your destiny. That's this news that we share. As I get older, I realize the forgiving Jesus handled everything and I couldn't earn it, I couldn't do it, I couldn't handle my past. It cost me nothing, it's free, it's free. But to follow Jesus cost me everything daily. It'll cost you your reputation. It'll cost you finances. It'll cost you sometimes relationships that aren't healthy. It'll cost you, why? Because the, the tension is in the daily, following Jesus everything. Jesus says, follow me. In Matthew 25, I want to read a verse here in verse 23. Jesus now is talking to these disciples that left everything and are following him. And they're like, tell us about the end times. Tell us about when this is all over. Tell us about what's next. He starts unpacking what people following him should look like and what they should be aiming for and what their attitudes and goals will be. And we pick it up here in Matthew 25, verse 23. And he's using this parable to say, this is what I'm looking for in my followers. he said, and the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Here's what I wanna remind you today. He didn't say, well done, my good successful servant. I know it's early, but we need to just stop for a moment. He didn't say, well done, my good and successful servant. Why? Because we all define success differently, don't we? If you're a teacher, success would be a long career educating young minds. If I said, what's success as a teacher? It'd be if I could help young people learn and grasp the basics so they could go on to a full life with a full career, that would be success. If I asked the entrepreneur, can you define success? He goes, it's not students. If I can make a profit, if I can uh, employ people, if I can have a business that is successful and lasts, that's success. If you asked an artist, What's success for you? It's that my name would be known and what I produce, whether it be music or paintings, would be, would be well-known and people could enjoy them around the world. That would be success for me. If you ask a parent to find success, that my kids would grow up healthy, emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally, and they'd have a better marriage, a, a better uh, income, a better house, a better life. That would be success. See, we all define success differently. The author didn't say, well done, good and successful servant. Because we would define it differently. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Why? Because we all define faithful the same. What does faithful mean? Loyal. Stay by your side. Committed and consistent. Whether you're a teacher, an artist, an entrepreneur, a pastor, a mom, or a dad, we all define faithful the same. Whenever we say, yeah, they were unfaithful, we know exactly what they mean. See, Jesus isn't looking for our success. He's looking for our faithfulness. In this daily tension, follow me. All he's simply saying is, just be faithful. See, what leads us today is not our successes; it's Jesus. See, sometimes in Scripture they would have a success, and they're like, "Okay, okay, let's go after another success." And Jesus would lead them from a success down to a valley that looked like a failure. Why? He said, "No, no, I don't want your success. I want your faithfulness. Just follow me." We're not led by our successes. We're not led by our possessions today. We're not led by, by money today. It's not, well, can I afford this? Or what's the best? Uh, you might take a pay cut to follow Jesus. Is that challenging to hear? You might have to go into a job that makes more money than what you thought you were going to do. Why? Because God's calling you to be a, an atmosphere changer and an influencer in that realm. I don't know. But we don't, we're not run by our finances. You know what you're not run by? Your feelings. Man, if that's something, I was going to say, teenagers, all ages need to know, myself included, is I don't know if I feel like following today. Man, you know, that song is hot, man. I love that song. After four weeks, I don't know if I feel that song anymore. I don't know if I want to follow Jesus today in that song. I need a new podcast, a new church, a new song. I need a new high to get, and our feelings, you can't trust your feelings. See, feelings make great slaves, but horrible masters. Can't follow your feelings. You know what she can't, Jesus saying, follow me? Don't be led by your sex drive. Well, you know, I just, you know I, no, you know, I know, I know Jesus says this in scripture to live pure and that, you know, in, in marriage. But, you know, I just, I just, you know, come on, it's 2019. That's what this is saying here. So many people want to put their, their leading of their life and their identity and their successes and their sex drive and their feelings. What about your hurts? That's saying I'm not being led by my hurts. It's saying, no, no, I'm not gonna be led by that experience or that person disappointing me. I'm being led by the voice of God, which means sometimes you need to walk up and smile at the very people that hurt you. That's following Jesus. Heard this song says you can walk through hell with a smile. Sometimes that's what following Jesus is like, going, I know I'm not loved in this room. I know I'm not liked in this room, but Jesus is calling me to be in this room. That's what following Jesus looks like. I like the forgiving Jesus. I like the forever Jesus. I got a real problem sometimes with the daily Jesus. But that's what this is. Following Jesus. It's free. Your past is forgiven. Your forever makes sense. But but right now will cost you everything. Why? Because you're saying, you lead and I'll follow. I've realized I like the saving Jesus. I don't like the leading Jesus sometimes. My own life. This has been a challenge for me. You can go ahead and play something, team. Here's the challenge I talked to my wife about, even this week. I don't want to be a full-time pastor and a part-time follower. Because what can happen is, I can put my identity, I can put my leading in our successes and our jobs. And my concern is I'm really good at this. And in 10 years, I'll be really good at this. I could preach a, a scripture. I can set up a church. We can build leaders. And God's called us to do that. But I don't want to be a full-time pastor and a part-time follower. So you know what my battle is daily? is going, God, what do you want us to do? My kids, I said to them, I said, who knows? Maybe, you know, later on in life we'll do this. Like, what do you mean? You're going to you're gonna do your, what about Nova? I'm like, Nova's amazing. God's called us to Nova. But that's not my forever. That's my for now. And I believe we'll be doing this until we're 60, 65, 95, you know, 105, whatever. This is what God's called us to. But that's not my master. That's not what I'm following. I don't want to be a full-time pastor and a part-time follower. It's Jesus, where do you want me today? Sometimes it's to walk into a room that you know you're not liked in. Alright, Jesus. That's what you want me to. It's giving those finances. It's shutting down things that maybe would help elevate your personal exposure, or maybe it lends to your gifts and your talents, but maybe that's not what Jesus wants. The tension is in the daily today. Let me ask you today, how's your following? How's your following today? How's your following of Jesus? Is there something leading? You love the the forgiving Jesus, you love the forever Jesus, but the leading Jesus is a challenge. What's challenging about this, it means that there's no area of my life that's off limits to Jesus leading. I don't get time today, but there's this another young man that Jesus called. He's like, hey, you, follow me. He's like, listen, my past, I've been really good. There's not a lot of work you need to do there. Like I was really good. The Bible calls him a rich young ruler. It says he was really good. He's like, I'm really interested in the forever part. If you can look after that, and if you could use my talents, I'd be good. And Jesus goes, and right now, here's what I need you to do right now. Give all your stuff to the poor. Why? Is Jesus against money? He's not against money. He's not against us having money. Money's just a tool. It's not good or bad. It's just a tool. But in that moment, Jesus knew that money was his master. And he says, no, no, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve money money or your sex drive, or your hurts, or your talents, or your ambitions. You can only serve me. That's where it will cost you everything. And this young man said, it says he loved his stuff too much, and he walked away, and Jesus let him go and was grieved. Today, is there areas in your life and my life that we say, I'll follow you for this, and I i, I got no problem with that, but just you just can't touch that. You just need to, just, you need to, just don't touch that. I lead that. Take the wheel, but I'm going to handle the emergency brake. You, you handle the pedals, but I want to be able to—I want to be able to slow this down, slow your roll, Jesus, just a little bit. Just no, no—that's—that's that's just an issue I have. That's—that's that's something I like. That's something that I'm known for. That's where my identity is in. That hurt, that talent, that win, that loss. Today, I want to challenge you as we close today, as we're called to build His church. It's not a building. It's not multiple services. It's not multiple campuses. It's people coming around the fact that you can't earn God's goodness. You can't earn his forgiveness. To follow Jesus is a gift from him, but it will cost you everything in the daily. Pastor Mike, that's too much. That's the gospel. And I believe we want the challenge. Why? Because we know there's a promise. He's going to make us. He's changing us. If you follow Jesus, do you feel your life being built by him day by day, week by week? I'm not the man I was a year ago. Thank God. Next year, I'll be a better man than I am today. Why? Because he's making me. But the making is in the following. The promise is in the command. All over this place, can we all stand to our feet today? We're gonna sing about another man in the fire. This song, written by a a man named Chris, whose son was sick. In the middle of this trial, he's like, you know what? I know you're with me. I don't understand this, but I refuse to follow fear and pain and doubt. I'm going to follow you, because what? I know you're with me. Whether it be in a a tough place, a prison place, or a winning place. I follow you, no matter what, why? Because you're faithful. And if we, we are faithful because he is faithful, good and faithful servant. If there's an area of your life, as we sing this song, you go, Mike, if I'm honest, I love the forgiving Jesus. I love the forever Jesus. But the following Jesus is a challenge. Would you just say, God, help me with that today? And let him walk in and just strengthen you today? Come on, before we pray, we're going to sing this song. Believe for a miracle. Come on.